it's time for us to talk about pornia. Oh. It's oh, like porn, but with an ia. Does that make end. it better? Uh, well, you be the judge. Well, let's get into that. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video, so feel free to check those out there. And now, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Andrea Warnock. I'm Nathan Warnock. And you joined us for Marriage Monday on the Marriage by Design podcast. And this is a time where we talk about God's design for marriage, what the Bible has to say about marriage, and how we live that out practically. That's right. So today, we're continuing uh, going through the passages in the Bible on marriage. Or not. And, or not. I mean... Are you pulling an audible? No, I mean, we're also going through passages that aren't specifically about marriage, right? True, but pertain to marriage. Right. Right. Okay, sorry. Back on track. So, what we've been talking about the last few episodes is Matthew 19. This is a primary uh, scripture on marriage. It's Jesus' exact words on the subject uh, not his only words, but they are his words. Uh, and so we've done a, I don't know, four or five weeks so far study on this passage, just taking it one or two verses at a time. And so this week we are up to verse 9. Now verse 9 of Matthew 19 is really, uh, that's the one, if you don't know anything about Matthew 19, you've probably heard someone use this, this portion mm-hmm. of it. Because this is allegedly the get out of marriage free card. Mm. So when folks uh, begin to think, Hey, this marriage isn't working out, but I want to do the God honoring thing. uh, They begin to look through the Bible or Google search for biblical reasons for divorce. This is given as a biblical reason for divorce. And uh, I think as biblically minded Christians, we have to agree with that statement. Although I think, can we say that that's probably a bit of false advertising? Would you, yes. would you say babe? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, I think that's fair. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for, I'm thanks for jumping on in the there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let me go ahead and read Actually, it. The reality is I was, I was thinking about something. <laughs> okay. This is my mind was elsewhere. Sorry. We're going to revisit this topic when we have another sex talk on this channel sometime down the road. Because you and I have been talking about this recently. My mind is elsewhere sometimes then too. Happens. <laughs> I can safely say my mind is never elsewhere. I don't know. So you get a little... See, see you always got to click on these videos because you might get a little uh, <laughs> talk on something completely different. Like uh, Andrea is actually building her grocery list during intimate moments. 
That's true. (laughs) (laughs) You would think that would make me mad, but it doesn't. (laughs) Okay, so here's what we're talking about today. Matthew 19, verse 9. Here's what it says in the... uh, I always read from the English Standard Version, um, although most of the versions are very similar. It says, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So this is right on the heels of verse 8, which just by way of a reminder is Jesus. And he was talking to the Pharisees and he said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. I uh, solo gave Marriage Monday a week ago and I talked about that verse and I got fairly passionate about verses seven and eight, because I really believe that was Jesus relaying the heart of the father on marriage. And that's been lost in favor of going right to verse nine, which is the one I just read. And I'll read it again. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So a few things we need to unpack if we're going to think about this in context. First of all, uh, Jesus is just just on the heels of saying uh, that Moses allowed people to divorce and ultimately God allowed Moses to allow people to divorce right. because I mean, it's in the Bible. of the hardness of their hearts. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that a little bit last week, uh, and we're going to revisit it here in a minute. But it's not because divorce was a good thing. It's not because divorce was God's design for marriages that don't work out. It's not that uh, divorce was okay, this isn't ideal, but it's fine. Divorce was due to the hardness of your hearts. Right. And that can be one person's heart or both people's heart, but that's why divorce was allowed. So then Jesus closes by saying, but from the beginning it wasn't so. And then he comes to this um, affirmative statement, right? Uh, Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. That's the rule, right? And for those of us that like rules, yeah, rules. So Jesus gives a rule. Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. If you've stumbled upon this video, uh, just to make something clear that I I think probably should be pretty clear to most, uh, these uh, these sections of the Bible that talk about husband or, uh, or man or woman or husband or wife, but it's talking about marriage in general, those are interchangeable things. So this is not just applying for husbands divorcing their wives it would also apply to wives divorcing their husbands just to make that clear for anyone that's stumbled upon this and wasn't clear on that so uh so what's that mean well uh it means that if you divorce your husband or wife for any reason except sexual immorality and you marry another you, one, are committing adultery, and two, are forcing adultery upon that person that you marry later on. So, uh, and Paul will add uh, another uh, alleged uh, rule reason. to, yeah, reason for divorce later on in Corinthians that we'll cover down the road. But, um, so, so the, of course, <laughs> of course, the question when we look at this is, well, What's sexual immorality? I do find it really interesting because God uses the word for adultery in this exact verse. So, so what a lot of people say is, uh, 
if your spouse commits adultery, that's what this verse is talking about. So if your spouse commits adultery, you can seek a divorce from them and get remarried without committing adultery. Which you can. That's true. The really interesting thing is you're saying because it falls under sexual. I mean, you're kind of summing up the the. I'm just video, saying, right? yes, what you said right now is true, but you're I'm, you're launching into there's more to it. But right, but I'm just saying, yeah, that is true. Right. Okay. But then why not just say that? Mm-hmm. Whoever divorces his wife, except for her committing adultery, and remarries, commits adultery. Like the word for it's not that Jesus didn't know how to describe what was happening, but yet he chooses a word that sexual immorality if you watch the intro the the greek word is pornia yeah um it's a word from which we get the term Porn. pornography right and um it means it's broad if you look it up it means certainly means adultery but it also means bestiality and incest and prostitution it's a very broad uh term for essentially what our grandparents would have called fornication, right? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a broad category for sex, not within the context of a marriage as God designed. Um, and so it it is, it is kind of interesting that it's worded that way because it is very broad. Um, and so, you know, and, and, and in context at the time that would have included all those different things that I said. So, for example, within the Christian community in in the Greek language, those who would have been involved in prostitution would have been referred to as being involved in pornea, right? So, uh, so I wrestled with this a little bit because in some ways, looking at the verse in context, to say, well, you can only seek a divorce and get remarried. You only have this quote out from marriage. If your spouse cheats on you, um, do you think in some ways that's not broad enough? And, and you may be, you may think I'm, I'm trying to argue for tons of divorce. I'm not for a completely different reason. As you're talking, I'm, sitting here and thinking about, of course, I don't know the reference and I should have looked that up, but, but, um, it talks in the Bible about if you lust with your, with your eyes, you've committed adultery in your heart. I got your back. Ah, it's in, yeah. it's in Matthew five twenty eight, yes. and it's Jesus talking about lust. And here's what he says. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So what do we take away from that? Um, because, you know, that in that exact verse, that Matthew 5, 28, he, he uses the, the verb form of adultery, which is, which is included in that term of pornea, that sexual immorality exactly. term. Right. Um, and then he, he adds the clarification of, uh, in, in, in his heart, which, uh, you know, I, I suppose we could have a conversation about, was that different yeah, than committing you... adultery with your penis? But, <laughs> Jeez. but, uh, you know, that, that, that's, I mean, it is adultery. 
that Jesus makes that clear in Matthew five twenty eight. Right. I think what I take away from that is, uh, well, if I'm also thinking about when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, when they came to him and said, so is it true that, that we can just divorce our wives for any reason? Right. Which is the context of Matthew 19. Exactly. Yeah. And Jesus said his response to that was not an answer of yeah, yes or no. It was a question of. Uh, Did, don't you know what it's it, said? Right. Basically saying, well, don't you know that from the beginning it divorce was never a thing? Right. Like it was not meant. Marriage was not ever meant to be, even have a discussion of divorce. Right. So all. So you take that thought or what jesus said is divorce should really really not even be a it wasn't meant to ever be a topic right and that shows me that you know we're we're not broadening he he wants the the goal is not to broaden the biblical reasons for divorce right that should be as small as possible. And it's really because of the hardness of one or two people's hearts. Right. So that's the spoiler. So the pornea, the, you know, looking at somebody with lustful intent is, is have committing adultery in your heart. I don't believe person. This is just a personal thing that that's reason for divorce. But, um, so you're talking about, Woman finds out her husband, or it could be the other way. Man finds out his wife is is looking at at pornography. That's that's what we're talking about here. Right. That that's lustful. That's lust in your heart. That's committing right. adultery in your heart, according to Matthew five twenty eight. Right. So in that situation, you're saying, and just to make sure we're we're saying, because I know what you believe about this, we're saying this correctly. You're saying not that that's not a an excuse. You're saying that that's not included in what Jesus. Yeah, is Yeah, I mean, here. it's a problem, and it's not yeah. acceptable. It's a sin. It's a sin. It should be that should be taken care of. You know. All those sorts of things. I'm not saying it's acceptable in marriage at all. Right. But I'm saying me personally, I don't believe that that's a reason for divorce, but I can understand how somebody could make an intelligent biblical argument that it is. Yeah. I don't. And and we are not the authority on the Bible. Sure. So that's where I stand on that. Yeah. I, I almost. There's a bit of me that wonders if Jesus didn't use that term sexual immorality because he wanted to avoid this exact thing you're saying. Because I've definitely heard angry wives and angry husbands make this argument that, uh, you know, my uh, husband sent a nudie pic or received a nudie pic, and I know what he had that for. God says in Matthew five twenty eight, he's committed adultery in his heart. Matthew 19, sexual immorality, divorce. Yeah. And... I I I almost feel like Jesus uses that term pornea and not the term adultery because of yeah. his teaching on adultery. Right. And that could be yeah, totally that could be totally true. But but I would I would also challenge that person if somebody's coming and saying that like is it really your hardness of heart that is the problem here? You know? Well, right. So let's so let's transition to that because and he, and this is the marriage by design uh, stance on divorce with regards to 
sex outside of your marriage. The Bible says, if you divorce your spouse for sexual immorality and you marry another, uh, sorry, if you divorce your wife for any reason other than sexual immorality and marry another, you're committing adultery. Of course, the point in that is, if you divorce your spouse due to sexual adultery and marry another, you do not commit adultery. So we have to give that, right? If you're watching this and you sought a divorce because you found out your spouse was having an affair and you've since remarried, I, I believe the Bible teaches that you're, you've not, you're not in an adulterous relationship. The, the act of getting remarried was not committing adultery. If you're watching this video and you have recently found out your spouse is having an affair or had an affair and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the Bible want me to do here? I would tell you unequivocally, Jesus would teach, did teach, that you are not to seek a divorce. This is not a um, command, right? It's, it's not. It's an allowance. You, it's not it, right. And we, we need to be really careful about that because to Andrea's point that she made it a, a minute ago, and I want to and I want to come back to that because this is really the crux of it. Jesus said one sentence earlier that Moses allowed for divorce because of the hardness of your heart. So what does that mean for us? Well, what it meant in Moses' day, as we talked about uh, a week ago, wives were being divorced by their husbands who wanted someone else. And uh, so there needed to be a way to legally separate those two. Well, what was the hardness of heart? The hardness of heart was those husbands and wives who rather than engaging in their marriage and trusting the Lord to fill in the gaps, they just pulled the, pulled the ripcord, right? And bailed out. That same thing's going on now. So if you found out that your spouse is having an affair, the question that Andrea and I would humbly ask you to spend time on your knees in prayer before the Lord asking is this question, is God enough? Because at the end of the day, in order to have a fulfilling marriage, God has to be enough. And that doesn't mean your husband or wife that's, that's cheating on you is not in sin. It doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences for that. But or, I, that, or that they deserve for you to, to stay, you know? Right, right. But, but I do believe that God's best for you is to stay in your marriage and pursue relationship with your spouse. Why? Because you're a, a, a wet noodle or because you're a, a <laughs> doormat. doormat or whatever? No, because God is enough. Because when we go to the Lord and we say, Lord, I don't even care if you can restore my marriage and bring my spouse back to me. I don't even care that you can deliver my heart and allow me to forgive my spouse. I don't even care that you can bring redemption to this dead marriage and give me a marriage that I never thought I could ever have. I don't care about any of that. I'm mad and I want to leave. That is the hardness of heart that Jesus is talking about. What, what Jesus is saying here is 
God is the authority on marriage. He's the provider. He's given us the Holy Spirit to encourage us, to convict us, to help meld us together within marriage. And at the end of the day, we need to be able to trust God the Father, Jesus' words in Scripture, and the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us together as husband and wife. And at the end of the day, it means we just can trust the Lord. That's all. Mm-hmm. Because your spouse is going to let you down. And, and maybe, maybe it's not by having an affair. I pray it's not. But it might be by not taking out the trash when they said they were going to take it out or making a boneheaded financial decision or treating your kids in a way that's offensive to you as their mother or you as their father. At the end of the day, any one of those things will eat away at your marriage. If your mindset is, I love Jesus, but also I need my spouse to be part of my fulfillment too, because they're my spouse. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't even sound bad, right? I mean, that sounds like, what we get into when we get into marriage. I married her because I love her and she's hot and I wanted to spend time with her and we wanted to do all these things together and it's man, it's going to make me so happy. And we buy into that that's a reason for marriage. And, and while God uses marriage to bring us happiness at times, that's not promised and uh, it's not our, our marriage isn't contingent upon that. Right. Does that what what your thoughts on that, babe? In addition to that, I mean, I'm I'm married because I'm not happy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's what it's. Nice. That's kind of what it sounded like. Right. I mean, of course, the Lord wants your marriage to be fulfilling and a source of great happiness sure. and joy and intimate, you know, right. closeness, whatever. Um, but if that's not there we're so called to our, to our marriage. Right. Uh, yeah. So. Right. And, and your authority on that is in Matthew, uh, eight, when Jesus says, because the hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning, it was not. So that's the verse immediately before he says the, the thing about sexual immorality at the end of the day, we are asked to have soft hearts before the Lord. And that means, living lives of forgiveness. And, uh, and I've had, I just had a a guy that I was on the phone with who, you know, was saying, Hey, my wife's cheated on me like eight, nine, 10, 12 times. Like at what point is enough enough? And my reminder to him was about Jesus teaching on divorce. How many times am I called to forgive someone? Seven. And what does Jesus say? It wasn't teaching on divorce. It was just Sorry, teaching, on, teaching forgiveness. on forgiveness. Yeah, that's what I meant. Teaching on forgiveness. Someone, someone, one of the disciples said, "So should we forgive seven times?" And what Jesus say? No, seven times seventy. Seven times seventy. And the hard message I had to tell him on the phone is, I mean, that means like you're like four hundred and seventy nine times away from taking that verse literally from being off the hook with regards to forgiving her. But until then, the only way you can do that is by allowing the Lord to be enough. Right. Because when we're allowing the Lord to be enough in our relationships with each other as spouses, then I'm not looking for Nathan to complete anything in me. Certainly the way he treats me or what, and can add to my life. Yes. But, 
uh, I'm not looking, I'm not placing my relationship with him as an idol to fulfill me, make me feel a certain way, whatever, you know, for me to be okay. Right. Or for me to treat him a certain way because I'm getting treated a certain way. Right. And, and really if you're in a place where your spouse is off doing things that aren't right, your, I mean, first Peter, is it first Peter three fifteen? It's talking to wives, but that we can win our husbands, not by what we say, but by, by our conduct and the way we conduct ourselves, whether that's husbands or wives makes an impact in our spouses lives and other people's lives more than we can ever realize much more than we can ever realize. And I think if we're people who continue to have a soft heart, then your your spouse who's maybe running around doing some crazy things may have a trust that I can land somewhere soft if I come back to my marriage. You know, I'm not going to land on a hard, bitter person or land with a hard, bitter person. When mm. I, if I choose the God honoring thing, mm. I'm, I can come back to somebody who's got a soft heart and is willing to work through forgiveness. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, that is first Peter three, one and two, three, one and two. Way, that okay. that yeah. verse she quoted. Thanks. So, so people can look it up. Okay. Um, so, uh, in summary, the Bible does Jesus, in his own words, does allow for divorce for sexual immorality. Yep. Uh, in practical experience, Andrea and I have found very rarely, I would submit, even very rarely in cases where there actually is sexual immorality, are the, is divorce being talked about due to the sexual immorality. And this is a conversation Andrea and I've had before because it says there's there's a if you're into to grammar there's a condition precedent here right except for sexual immorality so the divorce must be for sexual immorality uh, I have submitted and Andrea and I've kicked this around that there's an awful lot of people that actually are thrilled that their spouse got caught in sexual immorality now what what possible reason andrea could someone have for being happy that their spouse got caught in sexual because they're just waiting to get out because they're wanting out anyway that is not in nathan warnock's humble opinion someone seeking a divorce due to sexual immorality andrea warnock maybe disagrees (laughs) right and that's fine and we don't when andrea and i don't always agree on everything and in those uh, cases you should put more weight on what i say (laughs) But uh, that's just, that's my own thought. Um, Right. So, uh, but even beyond that, so often it really boils down to, hey, are you willing to forgive your spouse for cheating on you? No. Well, then even though the divorce may be allowable biblically, you're in sin. Because this doesn't say... uh, if you divorce your spouse for sexual immorality, screw that bastard, right? It says you can get remarried without committing adultery, but all of the God's teachings, Jesus' teachings on forgiveness still apply. 
So if we have to forgive our spouse anyway, maybe we should pump the brakes on seeking the divorce and allow the Lord to work in our hearts and in our spouse's heart and see what amazing redemptive story the Lord has in, in store for you. You think? Maybe. All right. Uh, if you're watching this and you think uh, we don't have any idea what the hell we're talking about uh, with regards to knowing what adultery feels like or how difficult that can be to walk through, you need to go back to the very first Marriage Mondays we ever came out with. Those first four, they're still our most watched videos of any of the videos we've ever come out with and see our story. Um, cause we started kicked off the marriage by design, uh, podcast three years ago now. And that was what we kicked it off with. Uh, so love to have you go back and, and listen to those, uh, two and a half years ago, I guess. And, uh, and, and see what you think there. If you do have comments on this, I would love to read them. This is one of those verses that people have lots of opinions about. I find a lot of tortured readings of scripture. Uh, and if you Google this, you will find, mostly a steaming hot pile of dog poopy. Uh, but go ahead and do it if you want to, and then post those comments in the comments section. If you agree with us, disagree with us, love to read your comments. We'll respond to every one of them. Uh, and as we did a couple weeks ago, sometimes we respond in video form. Yeah. So please feel free to put those comments down. If you're listening to us on podcast, love to have you go over to Facebook and, uh, and leave us a comment on Facebook. We will respond to all those as well. If you need to get a hold of us privately, you can message us through Facebook or you can send an email to marriagebydesignpodcast at gmail.com. Until then, guys, thanks so much for joining us. And remember, God is for your marriage. Have a great week. <laughs>